coronavirus lockdown with their immediate family. This is the family lockdown boogie. We're stuck here in the house for the next four weeks or so. This is way too long. Well, welcome to Nerdables. As you're listening one, that's to loud. <laughs> Two, that song makes me start to agree with the armed people in Michigan and Virginia <laughs> demanding that people are allowed to go outside. It sounds if like staying, you'd hear if that. Staying indoors is going to lead to more of that. We need to go outside immediately. <laughs> it sounds yeah, like it should be playing in a bad nightclub in Germany or something like that. Sounds like it should be playing in a bad nightclub in hell. Come on, off, man! Four weeks or so is four months or so. So let's let's get that right. It's the <laughs> Ultra One Hundred Six Point Five, the <laughs> the Family Lockdown. Wow! Yeah. Wow! So anyway, so welcome to Nerdables. So this show we are talking SDCC, Justice League Dark coming to HBO Max. Netflix's first look <laughs> deal with Boone. I thought you said STD. <laughs> I'm listening to headphones. This show, we're talking STD. I'm like, that wasn't on the rundown. Where the hell was that? But you know what uh, is on the rundown? I, heard it and I, I tried to keep myself giggling and I couldn't do it. Sam Raimi is officially part of the MCU. And do we have a possible fantastic forecasting? Casting? Forecasting. <laughs> I like how that works. Forecasting. It would be a forecast, kind of a forecasting. Anyways, Disney Plus celebrates Star Wars days. We have Mandalorian news. SNL stays at home. And make sure you stay to the very end this time because we have very important comic shop news. Joining me are Chris and Ethan. Welcome, guys. I think comic shop news is trademarked, so I can't can't use that. I said, oh, well, how about comic shop news? That's exactly the trademark. <laughs> comic store. Comic store go. news. The comic book store news. <laughs> we have news about comic book stores. There we go. Yeah, comic comic shop news is the giveaway that uh, yes. one of the guys has put together. So um, <laughs> we have sad news for anybody that was planning on making the trip, the annual Mecca trip to San Diego this year. Even if you didn't have tickets. <laughs> well, there are plenty of people that go without tickets. Yep. Comic-Con has officially been canceled for 2020. They've known this for two weeks. Yeah. I, I found out when I when I contacted Sideshow about my cap, and I said, so uh, you guys are an exhibitor. Any word uh, about Comic-Con? And he said, yeah, don't plan on going. <laughs> well, that also could have been the fact that exhibitors had already told Comic-Con they weren't going no matter what. Correct. That's what starts this sort of thing, is that even if, let's say the, the you know, our, our 
all-encompassing, powerful king, the Cheeto, tells everybody <laughs> you have to open by July 1st. Even if that's <laughs> true, and even if San Diego County and California State say it's okay to open, vendors aren't going to go. No. Fans aren't going to go. Um, my friend Doug, he's living with his, his mother-in-law. He and his wife have taken her mother into their home. She's 91 years old. So she's obviously in the risk zone. And he says even when this opens up or whatever, he's not going anywhere. He's going to do what he can from home. He's going to go straight to work and back because just because where there's an order saying, hey, everything's open, go ahead and do whatever you want, it doesn't mean that people are not going to be sick. And as he said, if I bring home a disease that kills my mother-in-law, I'll never be able to live with myself. And yeah. so you have vendors for Comic-Con and the like that are saying, we're not going there. It's 125,000 people there minimum. Right. There's no way that enough of the people that would risk that would be going so soon after whatever order lifts, whether it's second week of May, whether it's June. You know, here in California, you've had the governor of the state has told us, forget about 2020. I don't see any sports for the rest of the year. I don't see any concerts for the rest of the year. I don't see any mm -hmm. gatherings over – you know, a thousand people for the rest of the year. Well, LA's governor, or LA's mayor. Yeah, LA's mayor came out and said there is no, not going to be any major gatherings in the city of LA for the rest of 2020. Yeah, that's what the yeah. governor said on Tuesday. That right. was the, the big thing is that the governor as a state has said, I don't see any of this type of stuff. That's why we're, people are saying we can't wait for, for football. We can't wait for football in LA. It's not happening because. There's no way that Stan Kroenke is going to allow the opening SoFi Stadium to be two teams that are playing to an empty room. Yeah. You know, you're telling me I can't sell 80,000 tickets to the first game that's at the stadium that I spent a billion dollars for? Well, the, no. the Taylor Swift concert, which is supposed to kick off the stadium, got canceled. Guns N' Roses, Guns N Roses is next, but they haven't said anything about their tour yet. And Motley Crue was right after them, haven't That's said gone. anything. Yeah, I'm sure they are. You're not going to see anything. Because remember, we had cons earlier in the year, like Emerald City that canceled and said, we're going to reschedule. But even by the time we got to WonderCon, WonderCon was sort of like, we're canceling it. I don't think we're rescheduling it this year. Comic-Con has obviously said, we're not rescheduling. It's just wait until 2021. Tickets can mm -hmm. be transferred. They said that the tickets I'm, can be either really transferred or refunded. Yeah, you can refund because... You have to make it refund because there are some people that are going to need that money. Correct. So we'll see yeah. what happens there. And I feel bad for those people that are that are you know maybe have lost their job, saved up their money to make sure that they could buy their tickets, buy their hotel, and buy their transportation to the 2020 San Diego. And they're in a spot now where they have to get all that refunded because they need that money. That's who I feel for. Those are the people that like really want to go and they can't. And, they really don't know if they're mm -hmm. going to be able to go in 2021. I mean, all of us are in a position where we, we pretty much think if, if there's one in 2021, we're going to go. So we're not going to refund our tickets or whatever. Well, by now, um, I mean, we, you know, our streaks have been going on for so long that well, we, yours have, you know, we mine. just know that um, we're going. Well, yours did. I don't know if I'm going because who knows what the hell is going to happen next year. Leave the house, <laughs> the world explodes, I get hit by an asteroid, whatever. Uh, we all end up in the oasis. But the option that to go to 2021 is smart, too. 
because that's ended up being really what ECC did. And I think for um, WonderCon, it's probably the same thing. Except is for they, hotels. They hotels well, that yeah, they've refunded. Yes. Mm-hmm. But hotels aren't that hard to get for Wonder. I mean, WonderCon is such a by, – by scale, WonderCon is so much smaller. Right. It's a lot really easier to get a hotel for WonderCon. It's easier to get a hotel. It's easier to get tickets and everything. But it, but did they actually – did they just transfer everybody's tickets or are they refunding everybody and we have to start over? I, I don't honestly don't know because – WonderCon didn't send anything uh, as far as explanation on what they're doing. I wonder uh, if they were waiting until they got the news for maybe from the thing. And some people are like, why did it take so long? And part of that is legal, and part of it is probably trying to figure out the technology to make sure that they can just transfer, you know, mm-hmm. John Badtober, Jill Badtober from 2020 to 2021. Yep. You get you get all of the information and the, the type there because Emerald City went through, okay, we can refund it if you want to refund it, or you can keep your ticket, or you can do this, or this. They weren't in a position because it was a week away when they, they finally got the order. Well, they there's also the so much misinformation. Everybody wait, like, okay, guys, we need everybody to hold on for a month while we figure out exactly how we can do what we do. Because there are legal things that are involved and there's stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that's why I think SECC waited as long as they did, even knowing as, as early as three weeks ago that there wasn't a chance in hell they were going to hold yeah. uh, their, their, con- their con. I was doing something, I was kind of bored, no, I wasn't necessarily bored at work, I was finishing up my lunch at work the other day, and I said, I was looking into, like, what are the the top cons in terms of not only um, attendance, but, you know, the kind of case or whatever, like, Heroes Con in Charlotte, in South Carolina, is, uh, it's a big con, not necessarily because it has more people than a lot of cons, but it, it's got that a lot of creators go to that con. It's still, it's, it's a lot of artists. There's a lot of comic fans. So I, I kind of wrote down all 15, and I was looking at the dates for all of them. And sure enough, it's like outside of maybe LA Comic Con, if they hold it in November, what used to be Kamikaze, what used to be Stan Lee's, whatever you're going to call it now, there's not a major con this year except for C2E2 that already happened because everything else is in that sort of late summer, early fall bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, something even like Dragon Con, where Dragon Con is all about a bunch of cosplayers getting together and getting drunk and partying and having sex. But that, that's not happening. Even Man, if it's I need October, to go to Dragon Con then. Dragon Con's a weird con. <laughs> um, but I mean, the, the images from Dragon Con are usually that, that hotel lobby with, you know, 5,000 people in it, all in, in cosplay and whatever. Yeah. I was like, that's not, who, who the hell's going to do that? Even in October, that's not going to happen. Look, with the, especially with the fact that there's no vaccine available, and you know, I think no. if there was a vaccine that was created and tested and everything, people would be more open to going back into these kind of settings well, most because they feel like they could do it. Until there's a vaccine, no one should be lifting all of the orders. You know, once yeah, we, that's what once, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, like officially, the fact that. The states are not going to lift stay-at-home orders until there's a vaccine, and the vaccine mm-hmm. at its earliest is a year away. Uh, there's something when I was watching the stay-at-home, together-at-home, whatever the, the thing that they're holding all day on some of these channels are, is mm-hmm. uh, it was like the vice president of, 
the leagues and the country donated $5 million to this effort, which is, you know, sort of like the CDC or who, where they're taking research from all over the world, trying to make sure that, that scientists and medical personnel are talking to each other and there's a central hub in order to try and, and facilitate a vaccine and to speed up the process. Because sometimes speeding up the process is not necessarily possible. Right. That, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's however long it takes because there's a novel virus that really is acting in different ways that they don't necessarily understand. Mm-hmm. There's so many different factors in order to uh, to to find ways to fight it. It's just you don't want to be super bleak like Governor Newsom was on Tuesday, and I thought he was a little too quick to tell everybody, hey. Don't worry about 2020. You're all going to be out of work for another year. Like, okay, dude, you got to calm down. <laughs> I watched people fall apart around me. I was like, he said we're not doing anything. Like, yeah, I, I know we're not. I know I'm not going to see the end of the NHL season. And now I'm like, I'm not going to see the start of the NHL season. There's, there's, there's some stuff out there as to how to try and finish these seasons, and they're all ridiculous. Or hold the Major League Baseball season. Like, I don't think they're holding it. I don't think they're going to go for it. Let's just stay in Arizona and Florida and play in spring training parks. I don't think you can play 162 games in a spring training park and figure out how to pay the payroll of the Dodgers of $327 million. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I was reading ahead. <laughs> yeah, Rich just, Rich just turned, tuned out. He's like, the hell with this. I'm still, I'm still, you know, I told Beth and Arabella we're going to go down to, we're going to still make the trek down to San Diego, the, the whole, you know, two hour, whatever it is for us to get down there and just take a picture in front of the convention center, you know, with the sad look or on the steps. So. Find something better to do with your time. <laughs> do you know how many people That's are probably still going to do that? Yeah, you're going to have a bunch of people go down there because remember, there's an off chance, as much as we've been talking about it, as much as we've been talking about here in L.A., of how we start getting back and we transition out of it. Mm-hmm. Your, your bars and restaurants and stuff down there oh, may yeah. be open to limited, to, to limited capacity. That it's just going to be a mess. What's you know, funny is bar that's like, uh, Eric Balza, you know, friend of the show, and uh, Harris Strong and a bunch of other voiceover actors did a uh, ISOCON today. So they all got on Zoom and took questions from people and talked to. Yeah, and you're talking. I've heard, I've heard other people talking about the virtual cons of, you know, holding panels during that week. Well, that's kind of you what know, they did with WonderCon. See, yeah, but this is like even more of a now that you know you have that kind of time mm-hmm. to kind of have a, a sense of having you know a Star Wars panel on Star Wars Day or whatever, and it's just a, you know, log in and you can send questions. And It'll be Hasbro. Hasbro's Star Wars, you know, panel, which yeah. I'm curious is what's going to happen with the exclusives. Well, that's far enough out that I have the feeling if there was stuff that planned, like if you had said you thought maybe Destro would have been the exclusive. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think, you know, he would have been in the the uh, the regular release at some point. But I think Destro mm-hmm. probably was because he wasn't revealed. Right. They were going to re- reveal him as the exclusive that may have come with different items um, and far enough away that they could be like, well, we're just not going to produce whatever the items are, you know, the, the stuff that the packaging that he would have been in. So here he is, and he's in the first 
you know, he's in the first wave. He was always supposed to be in the first wave. It's just we weren't going to reveal him until we revealed our San Diego exclusives after WonderCon. Yeah. And it was like going to be Funko. this, it was going to be that. Do you think that Hasbro like, should just do a Hasbro panel now instead of just a Star Wars panel? Or do both? In San Diego, they do the Star Wars panel because it's a part of Star Wars. Right. But I mean, but they should do a Hasbro panel because they used to have My Little Pony panel and Transformers, I think, well, was. They, don't have the they, they still have the Marvel figure panel. They still have the Transformers panel. We just don't go to them. But I think they should, I think days. it's almost they should combine those to be a Hasbro panel. No, because they don't want to they don't want to lose the Star Wars panel. Because remember, we spent Friday in that room. Yeah. Oh yeah. The whole point of that is is you're not going to have Star Wars. You tell them come for Star Wars publishing, come from for the other media, you know, uh, the Bandai and Sideshow or whatever. And then we're going to give you a panel about Avengers and Transformers. No, no, no. I don't mean I don't mean in the same. I mean you do the Star Wars panel still, but then on Saturday or something, you bring in one of each of the team, you know, from each one but of they the. They do that. They just do it as its own panel. Those, the panels are only a half hour. That's right. Fine. So you, you're not going to do, you're not going to do Transformers and My Little Pony and Power Rangers and Ghostbusters or whatever in a half hour. Because there's not a Joe, there won't be a Joe one, and probably there not probably for a while. Be, there's been a Joe one for three years because they haven't had any product. No, um, but I mean, there, you know, before when IDW did it, there was a Hasbro rep there, way you know, way back when has when there still was a toy line. I think they just did a. Well, now there is a toy line. It's just six inches, and it all has ray guns. They grew up. So no, uh, they grew. They grew down. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They grew if down, the and then they. Pla- if it wasn't for the price of plastic in the seventies, your Star Wars line would have been twelve inches. Oh yeah, yeah. And so with GI Joe would have continued in a twelve inch line, but the plastic price has caused everything to go down. And then they ended up realizing, hey, we can actually make an X wing. Like, hey, this is cool. We can do this. You know well, what else is? has their exclusive uh, three and three quarter GI Joe retro line coming out. I'm super interested to see what that is. You know what? I wonder. I I wonder if they actually are because so many WalMarts stopped care or they they didn't order the Star Wars retro line this time, mm-hmm. which caused them. Well, no, they they had to remember they were the exclusive for the retro line for a while when they were in the boxes. Correct. And but then Hasbro Hasbro decided to open it up to everybody because Walmart had so many distribution problems and the changes in their in their. Uh, their toy section, but the I new mean, it, the new ones. Seeing pictures just... of people in you know back east that have toy that have WalMarts and toy aisles that actually have room for Star Wars. Yeah, I know. Unlike the ones here in Southern California, where almost all of them are, if it's not on a on a its own box on the thing, we don't have a section for Star Wars. Right. Yeah. So it's it's very difficult. That's why mm-hmm. I ordered that that <laughs> soon as they announced that Black Widow at Toy Fair, I I ordered it off of Walmart. I was like, I, I want that. Because I love that that costume in the comic. Well, the like, yeah, the I'm uh, gonna get that right there because we're never gonna see it because it never the, the Walmart's here a joke. The worthy cap never made it here. The exclusive Walmart figure never made it to Southern California. Wasn't he Walgreens? No, no, oh, he's Walmart. So he, he was, was Walmart. Walmart. Is that why we never find him? The one where the hammer was, was the, the one, one with yeah. the hammer no, was behind the uh, shield. Okay, so uh, Justice League Dark is coming to HBO Max. And guess who's producing it? 
Mr. Star Wars himself. DC Universe has nothing. Like, why are new projects not coming to DC Universe? I understand HBO is owned by Time Warner, but you spent all this money to give yourself a streaming service, and then you're taking your new projects and putting them on HBO Max. It makes no sense to me. I would have said that because they nobody wanted... Because nobody signed up for it. Well, I would have said uh, because it's, it's you know, going to be darker, more adult, but considering how uh, Titans was... Now, Titans, Swamp Thing, and uh, what's the other one they did? Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Doom Patrol wasn't necessarily dark, but at least it was, you know, it's obviously a more adult show than what you have on the CW. Well, they definitely dropped the F-bomb just, all the time. Yeah, so, again, why do you have a streaming service? I don't get that. Either either have put everything into HBO Max and make that the Time Warner streaming service, or take these projects and give them it's, it makes no sense to me I have a feeling mm-hmm. DC thought that they were going to do a lot better with people wanting it for the animated stuff and the digital stuff and all of that and then people decided they the didn't want it now because outside of Titans didn't all of their is Doom Patrol supposed to get another season? Doom Patrol's got another season um, but Swamp Thing crashed and burned. Um, Harley, yeah, that, the Harley cartoon is doing well. Yeah, it feels like they're just going to... And that's the other thing, where people are like, well, the adult stuff's going to be on HBO Max. The Harley cartoon is as filthy as anything else, and it's on... It's the on DC Universe. Universe. So it just makes no sense to me. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's a lot of weird decisions from Warner Brothers slash DC... But J.J. Abrams is going to produce this one. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's about the way the internet was. Oh, wow. Justice League Dark's going to come? Wait. Who's doing it? Oh. I don't know about that. It's it's a weird thing because all of J.J.'s projects have been successful. I mean, that's... Mm -hmm. He gets a bit of a bad rap. It's sort of like what ended up happening to... Joss, because every time I say his name, you say I say it wrong, is after really Age of Ultron, you started to see people like, well, I don't think I like it this much anymore. Uh, you've gotten that with JJ now, too. It's like, yeah. oh, JJ doesn't know how to do anything. At the very least, you know, you're going to get something strong. We also got that with Snyder and, and, and Bay as well. Yeah, but Snyder actually sucks. Uh, and then, you, but see, My, you're, Michael you're Bay, getting Michael Bay was never. You always knew what you were going to get with a Michael Bay movie. When it was The Rock, you didn't care. But when he touched your precious Transformers, and he basically made the same movie where nothing really makes sense and everything <laughs> explodes, and yeah. you're like, okay, well. Well, The Rock it worked for Armageddon. It worked for. Although, if you go back and watch Armageddon, Armageddon is terrible. <laughs> it's a horrible film, and it always was. And you knew that's what you were going to get. The I like Armageddon. Really yeah, but you liked Iron Man too. The Rock is still like it's it's the fact that the Rock doesn't work if it's not Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. Oh, totally. You put two other people in there because it, it also plays off of Michael Bean being the straight man until you know he gets. It, it, it's I love The Rock because the action in it is amazing, and you also forget at the time you didn't get movies like that. Right, your yeah. action movies were all kind of <clears throat> campy BS, and this is like campy in a way, but it takes itself really seriously. 
and it looks amazing, and it's directed amazingly well too. And of course, you have Sean Connery in it being a eighty-six-year-old badass. <laughs> yeah. Did you know I like to hit women? Oh wait, no, that's just me in real life. So let me tell you about this, Sean. <laughs> um, no, the best one is when he's just like, you see lots of dead people, right? Is that normal? <laughs> you want me to kill him again? <laughs> oh, yeah, I like Elton John. Rocket Man, it's you. You're the Rocket Man. <laughs> it was terrible, but it's, it's terrible in a great way. A time, terrible I, movie, I love but movie. yes. It's I love that movie. And the music is... I, we used to watch the, they listen to the music all the time. Like, that soundtrack is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, and I just got, realized. I mean, it's the same thing with the first Transformers. When you watch Transformers in the second one, the, the, the score for those two movies is excellent. Oh, it's amazing. Fantastic mm-hmm. music, yeah. But even it's super, you know, it, it's, it, it really manipulates the, the emotion in it and everything. Uh, the, the, his, his music has always been great. Whatever, cool. whatever score, if you have a score for... Uh, a Michael Bay movie, it's usually pretty top-notch. Walking out of the first Transformers movie, I was like, all right, I like this. This was good. I like this Transformers movie. Is, Transformers is still a good movie. The first one is the first one is a lot of fun. It, it keeps itself fairly encapsulated. You know, the fight's in a city, not all over the place. Optimus doesn't get ensnared by a couple cables. <laughs> and sit there for 40 minutes. Now. Oh, no, I don't have a jetpack anymore. <laughs> Why do you have a jetpack? It doesn't do anything for you. And then in the third movie, he just or fourth movie, he just flies away. I'm 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 underneath I the balls. <laughs> um, oh my god! I've watched like ten minutes of that off and on on FX. I I almost threw away my television. You got to watch the whole thing. It gets even worse. No, you don't. Oh, no, it's so don't. bad. <laughs> it's, it was oh no, that movie is just it's it's just a pile of. I, I mean, it's not cats it's, bad, but it's bad. No, it's bad. It's really bad. It's three I quarters bad. First, like if you put Cats as the worst movie ever Netflix made, at one point, and you're like Merlin, it's, it's John Turturro plays Merlin, right? No, in the, it's oh no, it's it's, uh, it's um, Tucci. It's Tucci, yes, the Tucci plays a drunk Merlin. He's drunk Merlin. It makes no sense <laughs> at all. It's just. What? I'm it's surprised like, he actually is, came back to why that. Is, that that's the thing is, why does Tucci play that Merlin when John Turturro's character is much more connected right. to the idea of the conspiracy of Transformers? Like, you can't even follow your own logic. You're just like, <laughs> the hell with it. Let's hire Tucci. <laughs> they did that great... Uh, well, remember he introduced Sam us Rockwell to... Sam Rockwell did that great SNL <laughs> parody with uh, a rap song with uh, uh, with Pete Davidson about the Tucci. Remember, Tucci introduced us to Transformium. No, the dinosaurs introduced us to Transformium. <laughs> God. Jesus, unobtainium was a question on College Jeopardy. Was it really? Yeah, it was like this material with this name or whatever from Avatar. And they're like, it, uh, wait, really? Someone really had to say, what is unobtainium <laughs> on a college show? Like, what is this? <laughs> Stupidest name ever. And then Transformers Four was like, "Hold my beer." But it's funny, is Oakley used so, to hold, call sorry, metal. Hold, hold my, hold my. Uh, which one was the one in Transformers Four over and over again? Was it? It was Bud Light or something. Yes. It was one of the sponsors. Yeah. So it was. It's not hold my beer. It's hold my Bud Light. Yeah. 
Transformers fans like, hold my Bud Light and then hold it up towards the screen and go. <laughs> it's so funny. I got a ray gun. I forgot how much product placement was in that movie until I watched the Honest Trailers. It's uh, even that worse. Is my favorite Honest Trailer of all time. It's even worse Sex- than, oh uh, than than Man of Steel. Man of Steel mm. is not that bad. You over-exaggerated how bad that one was. Because when you see a movie like this, where, yes, everything is... He literally drinks Coors Light, or Bud Light, or whatever, five times in the film, and it's always... It's always very prominent. It's not... It's on the table... Or whatever, you know, he gets the bottle out of the car. Crash. It gets a good. This? this is my Bud Light. This is mine. You can't have it. I'm gonna have it. Yeah, well, I just, I just cracked this thing. I'm so cool, and I'm gonna throw it down, and I'm gonna get another one. I'm an inventor. That's what I do. I invent stuff. I build stuff. That's I'm an inventor. <laughs> oh God. Just... More thought went into the reason as the two of them could have sex, with two younger characters <laughs> still having sex in the rest of the movie. It's funny as you would have thought. <laughs> You would have thought that was a Transformers movie that was made during the writer's strike. <laughs> but it wasn't. Oh, I'm sure some writers striked after that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, writers is an interesting term. <laughs> uh, speaking you, ever of, want, you ever wonder what a thousand monkeys with a thousand typewriters could make? It's called <laughs> Transformers 5. <laughs> well, that, I mean, oh, God. So uh, See, Netflix. Go, Listen, Bubbles. Let me tell you. I don't think the Transformers were in medieval England, and we just forgot about them. <laughs> <laughs> so Netflix is getting a first look deal from Boom Comics. Yes. We may get our Mouse Guard movie maybe, or show. Maybe. Maybe well, down the line. Here's the thing. Thinking about it, I was talking about this with Carl because the first thing I saw was so many people that are like, "Oh, great, they can resurrect Firefly." Like, no, they can't because that's not their product. Nope, it's a licensed product. It's uh, Disney. Yeah. Well, no, doesn't Joss own it? No. Himself? No. Fox. It is, it is a project. Fox owned it, Fox and own Fox it. was very, very. Uh, oh, they they were very cruel about the whole thing with it because they he tried to get the rights back and. Even when he went I don't know to if it's U- cruel as much as they're just like, yeah, you know what, this isn't a big. Deal. Well, even when he went to Universal it. to make and made Serenity, the there was a lot of controversy, and they were just they purposely were doing some backstabbing with that property because they knew how much of a cult following it. Was. Yeah, Hollywood is bad. Congratulations on figuring that out. <laughs> um, the same thing is obviously they produced Power Rangers, but Power Rangers is owned by Hasbro. The the yes, the independent type of properties. Are are could go through them. Yes. What seems to be a little bit a part of this deal, and and I, I've met Ross Ritchie who owns Boom Comics a couple times, and I think what part of this is to take something like Once in Future, which is a, a comic that debuted last year, written by Kieran Gillen and Dan Moore, and it's excellent, and it deals with um, you know it's it's a modern time, but uh, they find the Arthurian legend has some roots and not all that. Anyway. It's built to be a really nice film. And what happens with this type of deal is that, let's say Netflix wants to do that product. That's owned by Gillian and Moore, the right. writer and the artist. But Boom would act as an intermediary. Correct. So Netflix would go to Boom and say, hey, we're really interested in Once in Future. Okay, here's let's talk about what do you want to do with this? Netflix tells Boom, we want to do a series. We want to do this. We want to do that. Okay, he would go 
Bloom would then go to Kieran and say, this is what they want to do. And then it kind of puts those together. In terms of Mouse Guard, it could save the film. Or what I think would actually work better now is to make Mouse Guard a series. Yeah, oh, totally. If you're, if you're doing it, Netflix is – I don't think Netflix – uh, interested in a movie as much as a series. No, no. I, 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 I when I said movie, I meant, I meant series. I, I meant to say series with that one. Well, no, because if we knew that there's a movie, there was a movie in place that got killed in the Fox acquisition. Correct. Mm-hmm. So we know that there's pre-production already for a movie. There's a script. There's an idea. So it's not. It's not in. Uh, it's Out not of the realm of possibility. The movie could be saved. The movie could be saved. But as I said on the thread when we were talking about this, I don't think it would have been one of the first ones because this is a movie that has a nearly $200 million budget. Right. I don't mm-hmm. know if Netflix is going, we're going to spend $200 million on something that we're going to put on the screen and people are going to watch it and then it sort of goes away versus can I spend $200 million to make nine hours to make Dark Crystal, uh, Age of Resistance or mm-hmm. whatever, something that people will rewatch and we'll have another season at one point and all that stuff. So I think that's the type of thing that's there. And there's, there's other great projects like the killer, the killer, the kids thing. Giant days, giant days makes a ton of sense to do as a series. That's relatively inexpensive. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of products from boom that I think we can see as a, see, I I would do killer as a series too. Killer is kind of in that same boat because they don't own it. Um, I think they do because of their no, acquisition. No, no, that that killer is is uh is owned by the creator. The creator is it a creator? Owned? Okay. It's a creator on title that was originally published in France. Right. Okay. They bought yeah. The, they bought the yeah. Because remember the that, article, it was, also, it, was, it was a slight mouse guard. That was originally Arkea. Right. They own everything from Arkea mm-hmm. as they consolidated those two. They, they, they absorbed them. So, but it's, it's the, cool. I mean, Boom is a great company. Um, they're a really good publisher. They're really good to their creators. They're really good to retailers. So it's exciting to see them have this kind of success. It comes off the success of Once in Future, which was one of their biggest titles. Yep. Um, and they've done an amazing job with Power Rangers and, and, you know, turn that comic into something that fans really love, and, and even people who aren't huge Power Ranger fans are still picking up that book. Well, the ones that know? Deadline uh, showcased on here are, are the Lumberjanes, uh, Something is Killing the Children, Once in Future, the children is new. Mouse Guard, uh, I haven't read it yet. Mouse The Guard. Empty Man. Um, uh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Those are the also big the ones. Also, the article that I was reading said that uh, they're looking to do 20-plus series. As well, so I'm sure that they're looking to do multiple TV series or mini series or something to that effect. Yeah, I mean, think of almost everything on Netflix is really done as a series now. I mean, you you get those those films that they've done. Um, well, I feel those are the ones that are more successful on Netflix. Are the ones that are actually TV series or mini series or things like that. When they do movies, it's just yeah, something like Bird Box, which is which is great for. uh, Wait, was Bird Box a series or a movie? It was a movie. It was a movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's successful, and it's it's in everybody's consciousness for a couple of weeks, but obviously that disappears. Um, I think <laughs> I, I'm still wondering when they go to weekly instead of uh, downloading all at once because I think they see some of the success of something like The Mandalorian, which people talked about it for a month and a half. Well, with them you doing because it, it, it does say in here in the article, we generate 20-plus new original series a year. 
and are thrilled to do a partnership you know, with Boom. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean that that's just series that they do. They don't. That's not counting the movies. Right. And yeah. so the thing with it is, they said they produce twenty plus series a year, and in in the context of that statement, it sounds like Netflix is looking for series more so than to do a film. Oh yeah. Now totally. they may do Lumberjanes, you know, once in the future and Giant Days, and then save Mouseguard as the movie to be like the event sort of thing, but maybe you know. I think I think it's more successful as a series. It gets more people to to pop in. Well, it says the deal covers point. live action and animated series that come from the streamer. Yeah. Began work with Boom on the film adaptation of the Unsound with Shazam. That's so the Unsound. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a feature adaptation of the Unsound, and it's with uh, David Sandberg who directed Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. Let's see. Shazam. Uh, the the they were going to put 150 million dollars into the uh, Mouse Guard movie. The Mouse Guard's pro- budget was 170 million. They're saying here 150. Yeah. However, following the Disney merger, Boom's 150 million dollar animated Mouse Guard, directed by Wes Ball, was canceled. And the company moved beyond 20th Century Fox setting up mm-hmm. projects. Da, 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 da. Yeah, they gave him the rights back. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, that's probably him shopping around now, especially with the deal that they're making with Boom. Well, it, it's, it would go through Boom, yes. Yeah. Boom, baby. Boom. Because again, he's our kid, but it's still the same thing. So are you excited, Chris and Ethan? No. Sam Raimi is in the Marvel Universe. Well, not him personally, but he's directing. That would be they should, <laughs> they should have done. Sam Raimi's in the third Spider-Man movie as Sam Raimi. <laughs> he's directing the Spider-Man's life story in universe, and it's it's just uh, just uh, him yelling. It's just what's being it's upset. Over, it's just what's his face being a. Uh, like you're gonna make a new movie, you're gonna make a good movie, right? It's Tom Holland talking to Sam Raimi, like, because I really, I don't want to dance in this movie. I just want. <laughs> or they make Spider-Man Three is real in the Sony verse, and it's. Uh... No, what'd be awesome it's over, is it's Tobey Maguire. It's, 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 it's uh, it's yeah, you have Tom Holland be really upset at Spider-Man Three. It's like that's not me. I never you, well, there you go. Have. That's how you get. It. No. That's how you get the other two Spider-Man actors as cameos in the third yeah. movie. You have you have <laughs> Sam Raimi sitting down with Spider-Man discussing making a Spider-Man movie. No, no, because you have to treat it as three exactly. Wouldn't so it be amazing? He's directing Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire storms off set because he's upset, and they bring in Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> or he, yeah, he finds out Sam, Sam Raimi, the character in the movie, Finds out who Spider-Man is and decides to try and uh, he wants his casting input. And <laughs> Toby, both Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield come in. They're like, he's too skinny. He's too weird. <laughs> who should play him? I could play him. No, you can't yeah. play him. You're already Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> you You're get, really Spider-Man. Yeah. You get Toby McGuire come in and he does the dance and they get next. <laughs> um. But Sam Raimi's not directing Spider-Man. Although it would be amazing if they brought him in to direct Spider-Man three, just in the within the Marvel universe. Well, 
Well, except for the fact that they've already admitted that Spider-Man Three will have a home, some home in its title somewhere. It would be interesting to have Sam Raimi do it, call it Spider-Man Retribution, uh, just, <laughs> or Redemption, Spider-Man Redemption. Well, see, you could call it Redemption because he is wanted for murder right now. Right, but you can't because they've already said it's it's it will have home in the title. All three Spider-Man movies will have home in the title. Well, how about Redemption mm-hmm. from Home? No. <laughs> Spider-Man during Welcome the coronavirus. Home is still my my uh, my. It's too close to Homecoming for me. It's probably going to be like Return to Home or, or no, Far From Home was the next one. Welcome Home. I think it's Return. I think I think the 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 like the even money on the internet is uh, Return to Home. I think it's we'll stupid if you have a I home mean, in a title. It's years away. Anyway, Sam Raimi is Doctor Andrew Spider-Man. He is directing Doctor Strange too. Doctor Strange. What do you I think about this? One of you to say it, and then both of you said it at the same time. What do you think about this? As the uh, I almost said casting the. Uh, what do you think about uh, Raimi directing what is supposed well, to be the was, first horror film in the, st- in the we Marvel? We talked universe. about it when it was rumored. You know, after the director had left, that Sam Raimi was in talks to direct it, and it all comes down to what we don't know and what the big question is is that if the reason for the original director to leave was he does he did he want it to be did was disney whatever was marvel not happy with him because he was making it too horror or not happy with him because he wasn't making it horror enough you hire sam raimi who is fabled as a horror director but again it's not like he made Spider-Man into a horror movie. Right. You know, he didn't make Spider-Man Well, it into is a, a horror, horror movie, movie, but <laughs> for a different reason. Yeah, Spider-Man, 3 is, yeah, Spider-Man movie. 3 is a horror movie if you're a fan. But, so you, you know that it's not necessarily, where people are saying, oh, they hired him because he's a great horror director. So, yeah, but he hasn't done a horror film in years. Correct. So, let's, you know, what do you, what do you take away from it? It's kind of an odd – it doesn't answer the question to me. It's just, okay, he's going to do that film. We know he's a good director. We know when he's not trying to sabotage his own project because he's pissed off about the villain choice, he can make a good Spider-Man movie. Um, <laughs> well, he was also tired of doing so, Spider-Man movies at that point. No, it's directly the, the point that he didn't want to do Venom. So when they had him do Venom, he all but sabotaged his own film. Because he was so pissed off at being forced to do Venom rather than doing the Vulture, which, hindsight being twenty twenty, is probably a good thing he didn't do the Vulture because it allowed for the Vulture to be the, the villain in Spider-Man: Homecoming, and he's one of the best Marvel villains ever. Yeah, because like yeah. he has a story, and they didn't kill him in the final act. Um, I still prefer that movie. I know a lot of people don't, but what? I think that one's better. Spider-Man: Homecoming is better than Spider-Man: Far From Home. Chuck Dixon did a did a a breakdown of Far From Home, and I couldn't help but agree with some of it, because it's just a terrible film. It's kind of all over the place. You know, a lot of it doesn't seem to make sense, and he's definitely not Spider-Man in that film, but the Spider-Man that we get is not the same as the comic Spider-Man. Yeah. They definitely changed him mm-hmm. a, a lot from the sort of thing, because the, the uh, great power, great responsibility thing is not the character that when Nick Fury comes to him, like, hey, we have to stop this guy, and he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to just go hang out and try and fork Mary Jane. I love that you the know? IGN article about it goes, it mentions that uh, 
the scene where uh, J. Jonah Jameson is uh, trying to name Doc Ock, and he passes on using Doctor Strange because it's already taken. He, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, see, yeah. it's foreshadowing. Foreshadowing that he did it. Back when he could use that stuff because there was no other... There was no other thing anymore. Um, there wasn't a Marvel Universe yet. Yep. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. It'll also be interesting to see how Raimi does with the within the well, confines he's, he's of the MCU. Film, yeah, he's directing a film that's in a box. Yeah. In terms of the Marvel Universe, and so that'll be interesting because obviously when he did Spider Man. He just had to do Spider-Man. I mean, he wasn't worried about the X-Men. He wasn't worried about the Avengers or anything like that. He has an Avenger in this film. Yep. In Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a huge part of it. So, I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, I'm sure he'll have input on the script, but I don't think he's going to be the main writer. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sure, I'm sure Disney is going to make sure that he's following a certain guideline. Well, of course. I mean, you know, I mean, he has to obviously sit down with their writing team and their, well, you know, Feige and the, and the powers to be and going, okay, this is what, yeah. this is where he fits into this. You know, you have to, you have point every, A, point B, Marvel point C. Now fill in that blanks. Every Marvel yeah. film has an agenda. Yeah, and not, and I'm not talking about you know social justice work, but it has to accomplish something. It was something on Twitter last week, I think. That was talking about Infinity War versus Endgame, and someone like Endgame doesn't seem like a great film. And I said, if Endgame accomplishes what it has to do, which is end the the Infinity Stones saga, Infinity War is a much better film because it doesn't have to do anything except get to the snap. Right. And it was mm. able to work backwards. You know, like okay, the snap happened. We know that the snap happened. That's where we start. Yeah. How do we get to that point? Just, you know, click, 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 click. We're going to go to Wakanda. Yeah, how do they go to Wakanda? They go to Wakanda because they need to heal Vision. Okay, well, why do they have to heal Vision? Because Vision gets attacked by Corvus Gale. How does the Vision get attacked? They're on the they're on the date. How does Thor get into this? How does this, you know, well, Thor's ship is attacked after Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Endgame has to work forward. How the hell are we going to fix this? Because we have to fix it in a way. You know, we can't, there's no way we're not having Black Panther 2, buddy. So, so Speaking of which, Black Panther's is, on TBS right now. I know. I actually had that on for a little bit. Um, it's such an underrated movie. Uh, really? You think it's underrated? I think so. Almost everybody said, well, so many people have said that it's one of the best. It's fine. It's good. The problem I have with it is you waste claw. Totally waste claw. Stop killing mm-hmm. villains. Totally waste so claw. Dumb. Yep. Because what was, what was the one? There was something I, I had just mentioned that. It was like a villain coming back, and they said, "This is why you don't kill villains." Vulture. It might have been talking Vulture. about Vulture. Well, no, it was something. I mean, it might have been a month ago already, or something. In one of our threads, or somewhere where, like, they announced who the villain was for something. And I said, "See what happens when you leave some villains alive." Like oh, I understand killing yes. Malakath. Like Malakath was terrible, but you, you did so much with Claw and happened in two films. He's in Age of Ultron. Yep. You mm-hmm. set him up really well, and it's also. He didn't need to die. If Killmonger brings him, sorry, let's just put it tangent time. If Killmonger brings him to Wakanda alive and presents him as a as a trophy 
you know, capture or whatever, and he goes to prison and he escapes in the Civil War, it's perfect. And then you have him. And even if you never use him again, at least you have the option to use him again. Correct. Yeah. And you have a great actor in in Gollum. Um, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Boy, it's escaping just the. the which, by the way, right the part right now is him being cap is captured by. Yeah, is being captured when he's captured by uh by. Commander uh, Ross. No, it's um Ross. Yeah. Oh. Um. So speaking about casting and great casting, um, John Krasinski, better known as Emily Blunt's husband, uh, Jim from The Office. Jim from The Office, t- writer of The Quiet Place and Quiet Place Two. Didn't direct it too, or it may have directed it also, one. but teased that he would love to be Mister Fantastic. I think this is this in the Fantastic Four. Reports that he's actually met with Marvel regarding a future project. Well, it's and that's kind of what snowballed this whole thing. Well, he's been the fan boner for him for like a year. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, no. Once his once his meeting kind of came out, that's what kind of snowballed this rumor again. Because it's been yeah, it's been years. People have been talking about him playing Mister Fantastic, but apparently, like a couple weeks ago, he met with. Marvel Studios, and now everybody's thinking, "Oh, well, it's going, it's moving forward." He gave them all coronavirus. Well, here the rumor is that the Fantastic Four may show up in Ant Man Three. What a terrible place to put them! Not really. It goes back to what you were saying: is that they were part of the team with the original Ant Man and Wasp, yeah, that's true. and they get lost in space. No, that's on Netflix. Yes, I know. I need to watch that second season. Oh, the sec- oh my God, that second season is brilliant. Goddamn. It's so good. That was amazing. Uh, so, which all of a sudden brought up, everybody thinks that Emily Blunt, who and they want, fans have been wanting and desperately wanting her in the Marvel Universe for a long time, thinking you know, at one point they wanted her to be Captain Marvel, which made sense. I think it was desperate it was just yes that casting made sense um but would like to have her being sue storm if you're gonna put john krasinski as mr fantastic mr bombastic uh then having her be there are a lot worse choices for invisible woman especially in the modern sense that they the thomas treating sue as one of the most powerful heroes in the Marvel Universe because of her powers. The way that she can use it offensively is insane. Because it's not... The invisibility isn't something where she can just turn turn herself intangible. It's the fact that she creates a force field around her that only Mm -hmm. obscures her and that she can use it as an offensive weapon. Well, she she can use it like Violet does in... She drops a column on, on, on... you know, whatever villain they're facing of this invisible structure, which has a massive amount of density. She can place people into, into force field bubbles and siphon out the oxygen, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Emily Blunt would fit that kind of role. And then you get to the rest of the casting, and I think the most interesting thing is to have Chris Evans be the human torch. <laughs> I said you put... Just watch fans go nuts. <laughs> that, would, that would drive fans nuts. But a... a 
younger clone of Chris Evans, especially at that same age time, around the same age, is Zac Efron. And Zac Efron, to me, would be a perfect human torch. The only problem is I don't think anybody takes Zac Efron seriously anymore, which they shouldn't. All of his films are now comedies. Right. He's really good in them. But that's why I think the the character he's played. Have you watched any of Baywatch? Yes. Baywatch is amazing. Hilarious. (laughs) As bad as that movie is, it's amazing. he plays the straight man as the audience going, none of this makes any sense. Should we call the police? No, the police won't handle this. What are you talking about? (laughs) This is exactly what the police do. (laughs) I always love that. I imagine they're like, Zac Efron plays the most serious character in the whole thing, even being the jackass who screws everything up all the time. <laughs> the voice of yep. reason. Like, no, but I, I, I think, I think you know, with his comedy and the look, he would be a very good Johnny Storm. Yeah, but, I don't, but the other thing is you also have to turn around and take Johnny Storm seriously. But you can. Because, I mean, he's done uh, dramas. Yeah, like 40 years ago. So... I mean, this is he, everything that he's known for now is just kind of, you know, buddy comedy, comedy action sorts of things. Uh. It's not the worst choice. I mean, look, at the point at which, if you get John Krasinski and, and Emily Blunt, you're likely to get relative unknowns for the other two. So I don't think you're getting Zach Efron. I don't think you're getting Chris Evans as much as that would be so good. Um. <laughs> like, boy, you look like. You look like Captain America. I mean, Captain America is out of the out of the universe. What if he decided to go off the rails? And this is something that I've said for a while. One of the things that I really wish they would do with the Marvel Universe, the, the movies, is to do something different. You know, like, you don't slave yourself to the same stories and the same villains. And, you know, like, oh, why is Claw in the movie? Well, Claw always fought Black Panther, so it has to be Claw. We can't use, you know, the Vulture and that. But you do um, that... They clone Steve when they do the project because the Human Torch is – the original Human Torch in World War II is a robot. Right. And so you, you can treat it as sort of that, that a nod to the idea that he's a construct, that he's a clone, and that he's given those powers, and then he ends up on scene. So if you were rather pretty than do, – Rather than do it as Johnny Storm, but do it as the original Torch. That's interesting, I guess. Yeah, which is why they won't do it. Because yeah, it's too different. Um, okay, so if you were putting the team together with actors, and you went with John and, and Emily as your as your as your uh, Fantastic and Storm, who would you put for Johnny Storm? I think people that we don't know about yet. That's the thing. I, I would trust Marvel to be able to act, uh, be able to cast someone who can play those roles, and also we haven't seen yet. Andrew Garfield. I mean, that's the thing. Is everyone like? I'm Johnny Storm. First thing is, one of the reasons that I like the idea of John Krasinski and Emily Buck playing them is we're not going to get the teenage origin story again. Correct. Because I swear to God, if they give me another effing origin story at the whole movie for this stupid, like, come on. Well, that's why I'm saying that Zac Efron fits then because he's old enough to be uh, Sue's younger brother and still old enough where he could have been on the team for a while. And then... If you want, I, who was it, Ethan? You, did you say John C. Riley? As no, uh, Sebastian said that. Sebastian mentioned that he could see John C. Riley as Ben. As Ben, that'd be yeah. that'd be an interesting choice. 
I, for me, John C. Riley, I don't see him other than stupid, goofy comedy. So if, well, much like that. I mean, even though done, I know he's done those drama roles, yeah. Yes, I know that, but I, I still, whenever I see him, I'm just like, there's something about this movie that's just gonna be dumb. There can't be two number ones because that would be eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Sandler as the thing. Now you have to use somebody. You have to use somebody that wouldn't mind not, you know, that would that would be like a Mark Ruffalo or something where you can put him in. But the problem with Ben is Ben doesn't transform like you know Bruce does. Into the Rock, he doesn't transform back. I mean, he has. There have been points in the comics past where he does. Um. You know, you could always do the idea of giving him an, an image inducer uh, to to be someone, you know, like how they used to do with uh, Kurt, but he's got a hologram, holographic skin over He'll him bring, so uh, he looks normal. Bring Michael Chiklis back. I'm sure he's not busy. <laughs> oh, look, here's the part where uh, Claw dies. Yep. Um we're live streaming the Black Panther movie. Uh, I don't know. I mean, usually Ben's fairly big. So that's the other thing with John C. Riley, is because he's supposed to be the jock in the group. I feel like it needs to not be someone the guy a little like big. stocky. How about yeah, the big not. show from wrestling? Let's stop doing wrestlers and movies. Um, <laughs> with the Rock. Although the, the dude, the <laughs> Come dude on, in, uh, the Rock is the thing. <laughs> oh God. The dude in um, the John Cena, Fan Four Fifth uh, movie wasn't that big. The guy who played Ben, no, uh, he was a jock, but he wasn't that big. The movie was on like FX or something. I ended up watching the whole thing. The concept of that movie is not that bad, but that can get past the first act. It's terrible. Yes. <laughs> um, it's like no, the the ending is so weird. Like, this isn't a villain. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know what's going on. So, if you were going to put Doom as their first villain, which I wouldn't put Doom as their first villain. I wouldn't do Doom as the first villain either. You know, you? If you're not going to put Magneto as the villain for Avengers 8 or whatever, do it as Doom. Well, uh, Again, there's I talk about Doom I, being the, the overarc of villain, like Thanos. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, make him be the, the, the one who's kind of because I think he's a, he's a strong enough character, obviously, if you do him right. And mm-hmm. he's got a different power. Because everyone that's saying Kang, as Kurt Busiek, who's the writer uh, that did the Avengers for Heroes Return, he's one of the best comic book writers I've ever read. He said, why would you do Kang? You've already done time travel. Right. You've already done the immortal villain. You've already done the, the world conquer or the universe conquer. Don't do Kang. I don't care who you use, but don't do Kang. He actually put it out there. I mentioned my Magneto thing, and he didn't like it as much as I did, and I felt very disappointed. I was kind of sad. I think Doom works. I wouldn't do it that way, but I guess. I think Doom works because he's been a crossover villain so many times. I think the first villain you do with uh, Fantastic Four is Nihilus. I don't even think you do that. I think you do. I think you actually do Moment. The nod to Fantastic Four number one. And to have a character that we haven't really seen anything like before, because mm-hmm. Annihilus is the—if you do Annihilus, you're doing the space wave again, and you kind of shot yourself in the foot by making Infinity War and Endgame 
such a cosmic film and Guardians of the Galaxy that you may not want to do Fantastic Four as a cosmic film. Well, you, we, but you gotten, can do it. We've gotten some in, in, in uh, the Thor films take place on multiple planets as well. So Yeah, and then we're also going to have Eternals. But yep. with the with the uh, Doctor Strange movie being multiverse, it allows you to put Annihilus, you know, you could, I mean, you could even move Annihilus to the to the uh, cancer verse. Yeah, but are you really going to do that? No. Not introduce cancer. I mean, that's then not you're going to have everybody be like, hey, this is weird. So why does cancer exist when when Mr. Fantastic exists? Well, I mean, what I would do, actually, I would save the cancer verse to introduce Nova. You already introduced Nova. You, you already gave him to Nova Corps. You had the Nova Corps, but you didn't have Richards. Yeah, but he's going to be attached to the Nova Corps. You're not going to attach him to the cancer verse. True, I guess, yeah. I mean, Nova's pro- most likely going to be introduced into Guardians 3. It'll be yeah. Matthew McConaughey. God, I hope not. All right, all right, all right. Could I have two people come with me to watch? Um, they have all these celebrity uh, auctions, and his is to go to a uh, Texas game with him. You're going to be my personal guest at the Texas game. I said, when? 2024? Like, <laughs> what, what are you giving away right now? You're going to bid on me and come with me and sit on the sidelines watching Texas get blown out by whoever they're playing. Okay, so uh, me and you six feet apart. Disney Plus. There's been a lot of talk with Disney Plus lately. We know that Artemis Fowl is going to uh, go straight to streaming there on June 11th or something. Uh, which was supposed to be their big release, their big box office release in June. But they also mentioned that we're going to be getting, what are you doing besides making me nauseous with moving your camera? Well, I'm actually typing something to somebody. Oh. Uh, We found out that we're going to get a Disney kind of behind-the-scenes props show. It's kind of like an Imagineering, but it's going to take us behind the scenes. The first thing they're going to do is go behind the scenes of Mandalorian so we can see how that was made. Yeah, uh, the making of Mandalorian. As Eric pointed out, is it, is it as long as the different show? Different shows, yeah. No, there's different shows. There's different there's shows the behind the scene. There's the behind the scenes for Mandalorian, and then there's a prop-making show. Or Those are two different shows? Because it kind of sounded yeah. like they were the same show. No, because the the prop one comes out, I think, a week or two after the Mandalorian one. See, I, th- I thought the Mandalorian was the first episode of that. No, that's the Mandalorian is the one that they're showing all the behind the scenes and kind of like what we've seen so far of like how they filmed it with the big giant screen on set and things like that. With their Whereas holodeck? The prop show, yeah. But the prop show is literally going through like making it like the toys that made us where it chooses a franchise and kind of dives into like the props that were for that franchise, like Back to the Future or things of that things to that nature. But that's not on Disney Plus, is it? Yeah, it is. It'd well, be like I don't, I don't, 
Well, no, I'm not. I'm I'm using Back to the Future as an example of a, of a film. I can't. But it's of. not. But that's a universal but property. I think like hun- the uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids was one of the. Honey I Shrunk the Kids is one of them. Yeah, something to that effect. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's just going through the props of the movies that you know are these big movies or something like that. Also, on May fourth, we will be getting the final episode of Clone Wars, which instead of it being on that Friday. It's coming early to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Um, or late. Is the, is, the, is the one before it released on May 1st? Or are uh, they holding the one be. that would have been May 1st? Because there's mm-hmm. only, what, three episodes left after this week? Yes. So what's next week? Because what was the hell day was it? What was yesterday? Today is 15? the 18th. Today's 18th, so yesterday was 17th. 1724 30. 1724 in right. the first. So actually, it's coming the first. late. So it's coming super. Yeah, it's coming late. Yeah. Because the fourth is Monday. Correct. No, wait. Sorry. Yes. You're wrong. We're wrong. The 24th is the next one. May 1st is the second one. And the last one would have been May 8th, but it's going to be May 4th. So you're going to get the last two episodes within the. Within two to three days. Four hours, yeah, yeah, seventy-two hours. Didn't didn't they do that with the Mandalorian too? Like one of the last episodes. The last episode they put it early because of uh, Rise of Skywalker. Friday of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, they wanted people to go see Rise of Skywalker and not stay home to watch the Mandalorian. They also wanted to have the healing power of Baby Yoda come out before it was done in the movie, so people would go, "Oh, okay, it works." Yeah, but that was weeks. That was the episode before, yeah. That was a couple of weeks before. Um, speaking of Mandalorian, I thought it was the episode right before. No, because I don't think they're in that group in the week. The week before was it? I thought it was two weeks before it. No, it was. Uh, it was the. It was they the week of. They head back to Navarro on that episode seven, and then episode eight is when they save Baby Yoda and have the whole yeah. escape from Grand Moff Tarkin. Or who? Uh, Gideon. Grand Moff Gideon. Not Moff Gideon, he's not Grand He's Moff. not a Grand There's something that was pointed out very interestingly by someone. Uh, Tarkin is never referred to as a Moff in the film. He's always referred to as Governor. Yes, he is. That's correct. Mm. Grand Moff was actually done in the EU. Yeah. No. No, well, no, 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 no. He's always referred to as Governor. I think there's one time when he is referred to as uh, Grand Moff. I'll have to go back and yeah, watch it again. Re- he's always referred to as Governor. Because I know that when Leia, Leia calls, comes in. Because I think the only Leia calls him Governor Tarkin. Other than that, I don't think his name is actually mentioned in the movie. Hmm. They, hmm. they don't call him by name when he walks into. They don't name anybody in the in the in the um, in the meeting in the board meeting. Correct. Uh, so, so I don't th- think there's actually another point where he's actually me- he's mentioned. His name I don't think is ever uttered. Hmm. So speaking of the Mandalorian, we um, found out that it looks like that they're going. Not only are they planning on bringing a lot of Clone Wars apparently to the uh, to second season, but it also seems like that um, Darth Maul is going to be in there. Oh, so well, Clone Wars season, season 8 is uh, including the Mandalorian this time, right? 
Sure. Well, like I said, if it's just a basically a, um, you know, we've seen the flashback already of when he gets picked up, when the Jin whatever uh, gets, then it looks like those are uh, Death Watch. Yes. Which obviously he's got some history with, although they're in the wrong color because his his mandos are all red. His mandos, but Death Watch is blue. Yeah, but it's. I'm trying to remember because you watched Clone Wars earlier than recently than I did. Because he does he take over? He takes over Death Watch, right? No. Death Watch. He doesn't take over. He doesn't take over Vizsla's forces. No. Because. Um, what we saw in, uh, this last episode of Clone Wars, uh, that's what Death Watch was, the, the team that comes in with, uh, Ahsoka. Because during the last so episode... Does Viz, so does Vizsla, does Vizsla die? I don't think... Bo-Katan's the head of that group. But we have, I, I have a feeling Vizsla is still there calling the shots. But he's put her in charge of coming in. Because um, at the end of the girls, the one, the prior episode with Ahsoka and the two girls, she mentions to Ahsoka that she's no, that Death Watch isn't what it used to be or something. Right. She was taking over. So, it, yeah, Vizsla may, may be dead. And if, that, face. if that's the but case. But here's the thing is Vizsla may have a piece to do with Mandalorian season two. Correct. Because there is not only just in terms of the flashback, if it's pre Vizsla, but the fact that one of the characters that we've been introduced to is apparently a Vizsla. Yes. And he's one of the few other Mandalorians that got a speaking role. Correct. That makes me wonder if the. And it was terrible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's Josh Barbary. This guy's an actor. I know he's a director now, but he was an actor at one point. But that dialogue for the heavy Mando is atrocious. Like it's so bad. Well, then it's look not at very good. look at uh, uh, some of, some of the dialogue that they gave. You know, even uh, oh shit, what's his name that played Anakin? Um, does the voice of Anakin? Oh, I forgot his name now. Um. He, uh, you know, I his, never remember his, name. his dialogue was not very good either. Well, he's in a weird spot. Have you seen the meme where the guy takes, like, the four pictures of him smiling at Ahsoka's return? And it says, uh, this is the guy who's about to murder a whole bunch of children next week? <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of true. Like, he switches very quickly from someone who's like, oh, my God, Ahsoka's back. This is so cool. I know everything happened badly, but I'm being nice to you. And, I did this thing and I did this thing. Yeah, bye. What's that? Oh, I can I can save my wife. Oh, cool. Yeah. How do I keep people from dying? Gotcha. Okay. So here's what's <laughs> gonna happen. I'm gonna kill Mace Windu, and then I'm gonna go murder some children, and then I'm gonna kind of kill my best friend, and then he cuts me into pieces and doesn't have the the balls to actually finish it, leaves me to die in a heap of fire. And the only thing that saves me is that the Emperor shows up and says, yeah, you got a secret. Yeah. Well, even Filoni. Filoni's acting in The Mandalorian was horrible. Well, yeah. Oh. Melissa just finally just just got Disney Plus, and so she watched it this week. Um, Surprise, surprise, she loved Baby Yoda. 
He's like, why do I like Yoda more than I like Baby Zooming? Like, because it's Yoda, and he's not a, he's not a baby. He's fifty, so it's kind of like. Uh, he's like when he tries to subs the fact he's like this little thing is force choked up for one point. But one of the things she says is we were talking about our favorite episode and our non-favorite episode. Um, oh, I forgot to show you. I sent this to you. So just whatever day she started it, she went through like the first six episodes in one night. And so she's watching them, whatever, like doing whatever. And then I think I get a message and she's like, Jesus, they go back to Tatooine again. Is there any time they don't go to Tatooine? <laughs> we all said the same thing. It's like, why do they go Tatooine? The same bar? What the hell? Why is this stuff? It's the weakest of the episodes to me by far, because also that, that other bounty hunter, the, the kid or whatever. The kid was horrible. Awful. But it's the weakest of them, but it has the coolest shot of the Stormtrooper helmets on the pikes. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about our favorite episode. She loves the the, the Bryce Dallas Howard episode, episode four, um, with the with the Cara Dune introduction. Yeah, that's an amazing and episode. And I mentioned the prison break one. Mm-hmm. She said, I liked a lot of that episode, but wow. And it's the, the X-Wing pilot. She's like, okay, it's the same thing. They're terrible. And said, yeah, one of them is Dave Filoni, and he's atrociously bad. Like, it was obviously shot so quickly, and, and all the other stuff that goes on, but it's really tough. It's, it's, it's. Well, that brings me, I you cut out there, but it it brings me to my next point of that, you know, everybody was said that, that Ashley Eckstein couldn't be Ahsoka in a live action because she's a voiceover actress, and she wouldn't be able to, to, to carry the live action of it which I think is BS in itself. I think Ashley should be the only one to play it. But we've had this conversation before with Rosaria Dawson, you know. We had who, this conversation last week. Yeah, who finally. Oh, no. Two weeks ago. It was well, two weeks ago. Yeah, we've had this conversation back and forth, whether she's in it or not, or whether, you know. She finally comes out and says, I'm not, I can't confirm it, but I can't wait for them to confirm it because I'm so excited for them to confirm it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not confirming that I'm in it, but they'll confirm it for me. But I can't wait for them to confirm it yeah. is a confirmation. That's like when, when you give your friend advice and then you always tag on the end, but that's just me, so then that way if something goes wrong, nothing you, they can't blame you for Well, it. no, it's when you say, it's when Chris hurt. says something, and we go, well, that's not Nerdables. <laughs> <laughs> that's not necessarily what Nerdables has. This. Um, no, that's but her confirming it, but then backtracking saying, oh, yeah, but I, I'm not confirming it because I'm going to get in trouble if I say something about it. Yeah, apparently that yeah, weekend. odd as to why. Why they wouldn't have Ashley? No, that, that, no, I know why they don't have Ashley. They'd rather have the name of Rosario Dawson. And like I said, we don't know how well Ashley is as a live-action actress, so maybe they do. You, you, you're trying to say that we trust them to make the right choices, and then we tell them that all their choices are wrong. Right. Now, I don't think any of this was the right choice in the first place. I don't need another show with Ahsoka on it. If you watched the episode yesterday, that's that's pretty awesome, Ahsoka. I'm pretty sure she's not going to be that awesome in this show. Oh, totally. Like, I don't think you can. Yeah. Um, so it's it's the the thing is, I don't understand, or most people probably don't understand, why Lucasfilm doesn't just come out and admit all this already. Like, let's 
Let's tell everybody, Ahsoka's in it, Rex is in it, Sabine's in it, Darth Vader's in it, Tarkin's in it. The Luke's in it. in it. Luke's in it. Uh, it's just episode four all over again. <laughs> Han Solo's in it, Chewbacca's in it, Wicket's in it, Yoda's in it. Leia. Count Dooku shows up. No, you can't do Leia, because that's the one person you're not allowed to replace. <laughs> uh, well, you've already proven you can do her younger. Yeah, but you're not going to do it for a whole day. Uh, now, here's the thing. Picture. Once they mention Maul, I'm thinking, okay, that's a flashback. I'm wondering if Ahsoka... It better be, because I swear <laughs> to God, if, if Obi-Wan's line last night, you know, <laughs> I've killed him once before, I know. It, it doesn't stick. I'm like, God damn it, if you have him kill him, like, twice, and he comes back again? Like, no, I'm not... I've... You gave us the Emperor, you had to come up with some cloning stuff, you had to steal the idea from Rick Bates from 1994... On how to re- resurrect the emperor. Don't give me, you know, now Maul looks like the spider he was supposed to be. It's just his head. <laughs> like a Barmar monk where it's just his head in the jar instead of a brain. Well, see, that's what he becomes so, afterwards. That You know, the yeah, Barmar monk we see is it's actually, because uh, they're supposed to be force sensitive. So that would be Maul's head in a jar or brain in a jar. Yep. Good Lord. God. But <laughs> when Obi-Wan said that last night, I was like, oh, God. They might bring him back still. <laughs> yeah, like please don't give me another one. I don't need. I don't need. Please. And it's tough because again, part of the hard part with this. Well, no, that's a different subject. We want to talk about last night's Clone Wars show. Um, yeah, I do want to talk about, but I want to talk about them all as one. Well, but, I think even yesterday is, is is interesting to, you know, in terms of what I said, but we'll talk about it later. Anyway, um, yeah. The the flashback portion of it is is also interesting to try and figure out the timeline because then it gives me pause for a second thinking maybe Ahsoka's in the flashback too. That's what I was going to say. If they remove her from the the modern quote-unquote or whatever, the, the, the current timeline, that mm-hmm. it takes place, then I don't hate it as much. Correct. It makes a little more sense to me that something, wherever this guy, wherever the Jin gets picked up as the foundling by, it has to do with Maul, it has to do with Ahsoka, it has to do with uh, Vizsla, then it's, it's, you know, if it's a single episode, which is kind of a waste, but what if that is what it is? As Ethan had mentioned a few weeks ago that that's a possibility, that maybe that's it. Then it doesn't seem as bad. Because if it's just one episode, it'd be like, this is his origin, and it's tied in with Vizsla, and it's tied in with Maul, and how he's controlling the forces of Mandalore at the time. Because the timeline works out. Because he can be, considering we haven't seen Pedro Pascal without his mask on, we really don't know how old he is. Uh, we do and see him without like, it. No, you you do see him. The last episode, he takes it off and uh, IG Eleven takes it. it off to. I just I just blew through like all the eight series shows on different streaming services that I enjoy. Mandalorian, uh, I think it's the last episode. The IG Eleven takes it IG off. IG Eleven takes it off of him to save his life. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, no, I thought about it being a flashback. But the only thing is the concept art that they showed. Of Ahsoka and Rex, he, Rex looks a lot older, and Ahsoka's yeah, horns yeah, are taller. Remember, it's, it's not necessarily Clone Wars, correct? Because 
we can see that we obviously know Maul survives the Clone Wars. Yes. Mm-hmm. So whatever we're seeing right now, and this is part of the problem with the current the current Clone Wars episodes, is well, we know Maul survived, so that kind of takes a little of the steam out of it. We know Ahsoka survived, so that takes a little of the steam out of it. It's still awesome, but it's just kind of interesting to see. So if let's say Maul escapes with a, with a group of Mandos, and that makes the flashback, not necessarily in the Clone Wars, but sometime after um, after Episode 3. And we know Maul exists, and we know he's a part of the Syndicate because of Solo. Yes. So that episode can take place before Rebels, where he's in between. And what if the episode is where it tells you how the hell he ends up on that terrible planet? The garbage planet or whatever, where uh, where Ezra finds him. If they tie it all in together, mm. where you kind of get, if you put Maul in it and you have Maul's fate in there, in terms of how you make the transition from Clone Wars to Rebels, in his position, you know, if he's the head of this group, maybe he gets, you know, he gets trashed by the, by the thing. the The thing with Rex. Also, yeah, but we, we know obviously they don't meet Rex. They don't meet Rex again until Rebels. But we also know so that we also know that Maul gets is captured by uh, Sidious and is held tortured for several years. Um, and it's his his uh, Mandos that get him free. It's in the Son of Dathomir. Is that the Son of Dathomir one? Okay. We also know that Sasoka uh, on Mandalorian or on Mandalore buries her uh, lightsabers, or excuse me, there's a body that's buried, and her lightsabers are put on top to indicate that she died, and Rex goes into hiding at that point. Rex makes it look like she died. But also, let's not forget, it's concept art. Oh, I know. I know. It doesn't necessarily mean that's what they That is true. We'll see. But 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 again, if if you put Maul in in five years after Jedi, I'm going to... I'm gonna join the the last Jedi crew and going. Come on, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, this ruins Star Wars. Let people die. Yeah. I um. Need, I don't need Episode Ten to be like, hey, look, Vader's still alive. The way that the the last uh, couple episodes or the last this last arc is going to go, I'm wondering if it picks up right at the beginning of the Ahsoka book. You know where. Where, cause she, I'm trying to remember the Ahsoka book. The Ahsoka book. Part of the, is, isn't the speeder part in the book where she's in the – when she's driving on, on Coruscant or something like that? No. I seem to remember when I was reading it because that, that scene, the beginning of, of that arc, the Ahsoka and Friends arc, was in the animatic that was shown at Celebration in 2015 as something that was almost – that was going to be completed. Right. So this arc, you know, as we said, the Bad Batch arc and this arc were supposed to be completed. There was also, the, there was an arc with Asajj, which ended up becoming the first half of the Dark Disciple book. Yes. Of her trying to kill Dooku. Um, so we've seen bits and pieces of these, and that's why those episodes exist here, because they were already there. They were already expected to be done. And the animatics for it were, were done and everything. So it's kind of it, – it, it, and then you get to this, and you sort of wonder if maybe they, they may have changed a little bit of this arc 
than what it was originally intended to be. Well, you heard him mention you heard him mention in uh, the other arc about uh, about Crimson Dawn, and these were done. These were done or started before Crimson Dawn existed. Obviously, the the dialogue was last year. They finished it, but it it feels a lot of that. These were the original stories, right? Seven years ago, or whatever it, it ended. Well, the, and the the dialogue was all recorded last year yeah. for these, because it was just the animatics that were done. But I'm sort of wondering as this seems to look a little different too. That I'm wondering if this last arc was kind of reconceptualized and what, the in, in in the last few years. The, the look of this more, looks totally different than those. Well, I think it's where they spent all the money. I mean, this is gorgeous. Oh yeah. Not that the other was right. bad. No, and like I said, I didn't hate the other eight, but the, the when you put them in context of what people were expecting, and then you once you get to what you were expecting, and as good as last night's episode was, or yesterday's episode, yesterday, today's Saturday, yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know what day it is anymore. Um, <laughs> when you put it in that context, the other eight are a waste of time. Oh, yeah. What's funny is the because, first comments I saw. Part of, the problem, part of the problem of it is also, we're never going to get the payoff of the first Clone War arc, or the Bad Batch arc. Correct. Because we don't know what happened. Well, we're assuming we don't know what happens to Echo. Right. Because the implication at the end of that arc is that he does something bad. Like, he's he's a, a mole. Right. We're not, where is that going to come? If that doesn't come out, what does that arc exist for? It exists well, because they had it. I, but see, I know? think that the girls' arc was in, put in there because it does obviously lead right into this one with Ahsoka. You know, but no, I think the girls' arc is, is the arc that was supposed to be there seven years ago to, to, to introduce you to the fact that Ahsoka's still alive. She's trying to find her way in the galaxy. Yeah. She doesn't know what to do, and she falls back. The, the arc is to, to have her fall back to who she is. Correct. That being a hero is not being a Jedi, and being a Jedi doesn't necessarily mean you're a hero. Right. But for her, she is a hero, whether she's a Jedi or not. You know, it's almost uh, the Karen Travis thing for when the, the one guy in, in the um, the Rebel Commando books leads the order. It's like he's not a bad guy; he just doesn't agree with the order. Yeah. You know, so it's kind. Of, I think that arc existed. You know, again, there's probably tweaks to it. Obviously, the voices are different. I mean, it would may it would have been seven years ago, but the idea that um, uh, that arc still needed to exist to reintroduce her, to reintroduce her, just turning around, like, "Hey, I'm, I've met up with Bo-Katan, and we're going to go liberate Mandalore." Yeah. And you're just like, "What? Where did this come from? Where's that? Where where's the book? From. I need the book that fills this." Yeah. <laughs> but it's still in in the course of waiting two years after the announcement to get this and what we thought this season was going to be versus what we got and watching how cool the half hour last yesterday was, you're like, why did we have to wait eight weeks for this? This is all we ever wanted. Yeah. And again, I don't hate those episodes. I think if this was the final season released seven years ago, you get the Bad Batch, you get Asajj, you get Ahsoka reintroduced, and then you get this as like a 16-episode season, you would have loved all of this. But yeah. when you're told two years ago at San Diego, Ahsoka's back, we're going to show you Mandalore, the guys have orange helmets, we've been hinting at this for the longest time, that this was going to be the end, here it is. And then you <laughs> sit down to watch it, and you're like, Ahsoka's not in the first four episodes. 
What is yeah. this? Like, where is she? Where's where she go? Okay, I'm, I gotta watch these two sisters smuggle and fight, and they hate each other. Hey, okay. let me ask you a question. Let's Last night, when Ahsoka, you see R two D two run up to Ahsoka, did part of you think she was gonna say, "Hey, R two E"? No, I was hoping that she would uh, scratch him like a pet. Like Poe does with BB-8 in Last Jedi. Yeah. People think it's so stupid, and I absolutely love. I almost wanted her to say. Poe loves that droid so much. I mean, almost the relationship that Luke and R2 should have had. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you don't really get because it just didn't fit. Where it's just like, you know, Rose, you're alive. Where's my droid? Where's my, hey, buddy. And then just scratches <laughs> him. It's like, I would have loved for her to go like, hey, R2, and just like scratch him and watch him. But like, there, was, there, was a, there was a part Stop of me hurting. that really wanted her to say, Hey, R2, just as a flashback to the very, very beginning, even well, though you could have just told Anakin, see you later, sky guy. Yeah. No, it's, it's, she's, she's such a different character now than, than that. I will say watching that episode in my head, new toy, new toy. Oh, Ooh, totally. New toy. Please give me her in that costume. We don't have, well, we have is in the rebels. Costume. No, that's the, that's the that figure. They've already announced I it. I love that costume. Did they? They already announced it. The one from last night? Yes. With the blue sabers. When did they announce that? It was already announced um, back at Toy Fair, I think. They announced it with the blue sabers. Because everybody, when they first announced that there was going to be a new Ahsoka figure, everybody was hoping for the original in a six-inch. And then... Well, I don't know, the original costume was terrible. The yeah. second costume. And I... Kind of... It I was know I'm still a Padawan, but I'm really a Jedi when she's a, com- a true commander. Right. That's it. That's the one I think everybody wants. That first one with the the, the Wonder Woman skirt and, and the, the tube top. Tube top. No sense at all. Yeah. But if they announced it with blue sabers, then everyone would have known that. Well, when they first announced that there was going to be a new Ahsoka, they didn't know what it was going to be, and I was like, and there were people were like, "Oh, it's going to be the original. It's going to be original." And I said, and I originally went, "No, it's going to be for the new one." You know the new series that's coming out, and they were everyone's like, "No, no, no, they can't do that. That'd be stupid. I don't want that." And then, sure enough, they announced it because they showed the blue sabers, and that's when. As a matter of fact, yeah, that was the she, first time they showed the blue sabers. Because she had a yeah, because she had the blue and green, right? She had green and all like an off greenish yellow one before. Did she have a yellow one before? Yeah, it was like it was it was more yellow than green. I'm surprised you didn't freak out about that because you've been bitching about yellow sabers for <laughs> the last 25 years <laughs> oh, I'm yellow sabers. I'm yellow sabers because kathleen kennedy didn't give me yellow sabers i hate her i got a yellow like, saber you got a, you got a yellow saber like kathleen kennedy is a goddess because she <laughs> gave me yellow sabers all you cared about for 10 years is the introduction of the x-wings and the fucking yellow sabers yep <laughs> those are my two favorite things i love the, i love the x-wing oh, especially the original design it's just amazing. I love the X-wing too, but I didn't. I didn't need the last season of Rebels to see how they get the X-wing. Like, well, calm down, dude. Well, they didn't even. They didn't tell you how they got it. They all of a sudden <laughs> just showed up with them. I know. I was like, damn right they did. They showed up with the freaking A-wing that we've been told for twenty years wasn't developed until <laughs> after the Battle of Hoth, and then here it is. Yeah. Forty years before you're like, what? Where did this come from? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Filoni's been screwing up the timeline for years, man. It went through the world in between. And that's how they got it. Oh God! This, what was the? What, that's that how Maul right? gets into the Mandalorian. Yeah, I was say, wasn't, wasn't that my thing about uh, about when Ahsoka was in it? Yeah. Where I was like, no, it's going to be to the world between, and Ezra shows up, and um, waiting, waiting for that cartoon. Where's, where's the, where's the Ahsoka and Sabine finding, uh, 
That's right. So uh, SNL last week did a home show. You got to applaud their effort, but there was a couple. I laughed so hard at that Zoom meeting one. The Zoom meeting one was really good. Um, there was one other I really liked, but I can't remember it now. It it tried, and I give them points for trying. It wasn't the worst thing in the world, but obviously it's so difficult to try and do a sketch that usually involves multiple people and everyone on their own. And I'm wondering how much of it Cecily wrote because she's not in any of them. Right. She's on the she's on the thing at the beginning where they showed everybody. Well, they kind of told the you. They all submitted them, and then they they just picked which ones they wanted. Because the one where um, where Kyle when Kyle and uh, what's his name are doing the FaceTiming thing, I I was like that actually feels like a re- a real skit that they could have done. You know when they're going back and forth trying to figure out what they're going to talk about, and then they. Uh, you know, it ends yeah, up being it's him and Beck Bennett, isn't it? Yeah, it is him and Beck Bennett. Yeah, yeah, because I think they're writing partners, which I think is the only reason that Kyle Mooney's still on the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> Beck is one of their kind of like MVP guys. He plays so many different characters. But I, I, I thought that one worked really well too. Like I said, it wasn't. Some of it was god awfully bad. <laughs> some of it. So it's a normal SNL show. Yeah. Well, that's what that's what it, Tom it, Hanks told you at the very beginning, which was brilliant. Yeah. Some of it's gonna be some of it's gonna be good. Most of it's gonna be bad. And somewhere towards the last thirty minutes, you're gonna give up. You know, having Chris Martin do something was was interesting. Tom Hanks, I thought, was the perfect kind of person to introduce it. Totally, he was perfect for that. Well, yeah, I mean, he's kind of the celebrity face of it as that first major celebrity. And it's like uh-huh. I have coronavirus, and I'm not even in I'm not even in in the United States. Right. <laughs> Um, no, I I thought there were a couple skits. Matter of fact, there, we were laughing so hard at one time. I'll put it this way. I'm not going to watch it every week if it was that. But if they do two more before the end of the, you know, before June. That's what they'll probably do. I would watch those. Yeah. I mean, they're not doing one this week. This week, I think, is – I don't remember which repeat is tonight. One of my problems is, like, all the repeats are the ones from the last year. I'm like, go back and find one. Like, give me one from years ago. Yeah. Yeah, tonight is John Mulaney and David Byrne again. Like, I don't need that one. Give me uh That's a good one, though, actually. John Mulaney. No, it is a good one, but I just saw yeah. that one. Give me Jim Carrey from 1995. Mm-hmm. You know, give me give me the, the whole one for Jim Carrey in 95 where the last one is Ride the Snake that's super hard to find because it's not on any of the official SNL stuff. Or one of the older well, Justin I, Timberlake yeah, ones. Yeah, give me the first just – I would do – I'd love to see them do – like we're gonna give you the first episode of everyone who's five times or more. Yeah. Here's yeah. here's Alec Baldwin's first one. Here's Steve Martin's first one. Here's John Goodman's first one. Here's whatever Mulaney's hosted four times. And I think he did it in the last two years. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> mm. Or know, like, or just do really just awesome. do like one of like the um you know the parodies or one of the the song you know just put all the songs as yeah, one. Yeah. Do those ones. Just or the best of or whatever. You could have the one like the best of Jimmy Fallon and it's only 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> the best of Kevin Hart. <laughs> Man, that came up the, every year that comes up in my memories right around April because I think I think it was or maybe it was March. So I'm just like, Kevin Hart just sent comedy back like 50 years. I started to text you after it and said, well, it's better than the Kevin Hart one. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Everything is better than that Kevin Hart one was awful. And then the second time he hosted after It was brilliant. It was brilliant the second time. Well, brilliant okay. compared to the first one. Anything's brilliant. A rock is brilliant compared to the first one. <laughs> um, I, oh, that one 
the Ruth Bader Ginsburg exercise one didn't work. Yeah, that one was okay. I think that I think that character works better in a smaller spurt than that. Oh yeah, totally. And it is tough because you could you, her voice kind of comes in and out in some places too because it's like I think she had trouble trying to stay in character. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it was like I said, it was okay. There were parts of it that that were okay. Um, if they do one next week, I'm in. weekend update was interesting. I'm glad they brought the the mistake that an audience to it. Yes. Because I've watched a couple of the stay-at-home ones, uh, the, the late-night shows, right? Jimmy Fallon's really good. I mean, I'm sorry, Jimmy Kimmel is very good. Jimmy Kimmel is very good. Jimmy Fallon is unwatchable. <laughs> yeah, you watched he it. Does, <laughs> he does. I watched one of them because it was like Tracy Morgan or something was on. with somebody that, that I know is funny. Mm-hmm. So he, he does the monologue, and there's no laugh track or anything, and you realize it's, it's so completely unfunny. It's awful. Nothing hits. It's terrible. Yeah. Speaking of Tracy Morgan, did you see him doing the? He was on um, like Good Morning America or anything with Robin Roberts. He asked him how quarantine's going, and he was oh like, God. "Well, it's been three weeks, so you know, my wife's pregnant three times. <laughs> All we've been doing is just snacking." And Rob's like, "Oh, that's great." So, um, what is he feel so uncomfortable because he just starts talking? Like she, I didn't know how freaky she could get, but let me tell you, Robin, she's a freak. Because we ain't got nothing else to do. And she's like, okay, thanks, Tracy. We'll see you later. <laughs> it was hilarious. It, I mean, nothing beats Jimmy Kimmel on Jay Leno's show with the Ted questions where all of his answers are about Jay screwing over Conan O'Brien. Well, I, what's I'm... the worst thing I? What's the worst thing you would do? I think the worst thing that could ever happen to me is if I was a if I was a staffer for a show. And my host was told, you know, you're going to be the host. And, and then he gets fired five weeks later because the old host can't stay away. <laughs> hey, Leno's just like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Dude, that was it. And for me, I'm like, Jimmy, Kier- Jimmy Kimmel's my hero. Like, that took total balls to do. And the fact that they actually mm-hmm. aired it was was surprising to me. Well, um, Michael Che, you know, he, he lost his grandmother I I didn't know what she. He lost his grandmother during the week. To actually Corona. To Corona. Mm-hmm. Um, the virus, not the uh, beer. He also, yeah, he also he blames the Chinese and five G. Yeah. Uh, he had to come out afterwards and apologize about the five G thing. Like I don't really believe that, but you know you're just trying to find something. He's hurt really bad. Well, he also and paid he everybody. Paid, um, he paid her entire he building's paid, rent. He paid the rent for 160 people for, for an apartment building. All 160 units. He paid. The rent for those, and I thought the the, the, the flip joke was great. The flip joke was amazing. Like, you know, all <laughs> it's like my grandma doesn't know who you are. <laughs> she never watched a show a day in her life. I just wanted you to do that. And you, those sometimes that you sort of wonder. Uh, it feels like just like with, with, that when you got the behind the scenes with John Mulaney about Stefan, where he admitted that they would insert jokes in between dress and right. recording. So that uh, Bill Hader would see them for the first time, and those are the ones that he just loses it on. He's like, I've never seen this before. I'm wondering Dan Cortez. if the, the Dan Cortez <laughs> this quarantine has everything. <laughs> um, I'm wondering if when they do the the we hand jokes to each other, the ones that Colin gets are not the ones he gets in dress rehearsal. That it is the first time he's reading it, 
out loud is when he's on, he's, he's recording the show. That's yeah. what it feels like to me. So it is genuine surprise. Like, I don't know what's coming. All I know is it's going to be bad. It's going to make me out to be a white supremacist. <laughs> this is my laptop that I received my email on. <laughs> yes. I was kind of surprised not to have, uh, not to see Scarlett Johansson in the background. I, I said the same thing. Yeah, I just said that would have been that would have been like, hey, look what I look look what I got. Yeah. Did you watch the? Did you guys? All, all y'all make fun of me. Did you guys watch the Disney uh, thing last night? I said no. Where they had the different celebrities and people from home singing uh, Disney songs. No. It was actually pretty good. No. Well, yeah. I mean, if you get people who know how to sing and they sing Disney songs, you'll be fine. They don't have to create anything. Was like uh, they had Donny Osmond doing one of the songs, and he had all his grandkids on there singing with him. I'm like that entire family That's can sing. Like the Osmonds, are... yeah, he's a freaking Osmond. Come yeah, on. It's like he's like a supernatural being. Yeah. Um, so speaking of supernatural beings, Chris is going to take it away with the importance of the comic. What the, what the hell? What the hell kind of transition is that? <laughs> Are you saying I'm supernatural? No, I was saying that the hey, comic book short At least story, it was a transition. I was saying was that it? comic book... Did that really qualify? Comic book stores are supernatural beings that need to stick around. We need to help support and stick around. But you got a lot of news that you would like to... We, that we well, need I to get out there. Of news, there, was, there was news that broke yesterday that DC was going to release comics on... Uh, I think it's like next, not next Wednesday. It's the Wednesday after. As that was the first, and then first week of May, I think. Uh, yes, which is the week after. Um, and that they were going to take stuff that was, so when everything shuts down, basically it shut down the week of, of uh, March 25th. That was the last Wednesday where new books arrived. And at the time that they arrived, almost 60% of comic book stores in the country were under some sort of lockdown. And that number has only risen as no one has been released from lockdowns and more lockdowns came within the next week. So as of right now, from from the estimate that I've seen from different groups is that nearly 90 percent of all local comic book stores are currently under lockdown, which people are not allowed in at all. And curbside service is technically illegal by most of these uh, uh, restrictions. The L.A. County safer at home restriction does not allow for curbside pickup because to induce anyone to leave their homes for anything other than medical emergencies, medical, med- you know, getting medicine or groceries is not allowed. So with that, most of these places are unable to service their customers in a way that you would expect them to. Because surprise, surprise, trying to mail out your entire subscriber list takes a long time. DC has books. Uh, the printing's done early. Most of the books, especially from DC, for that were supposed to be released on the first, have already been printed, and some of the books that would have been released on the eighth were to be printed. So the news came yesterday that DC was offering for comic book stores to be able to get these books that would still be separated out from two weeks, and have them on the first week and the second week of May, because Diamond had announced that they're hoping to start shipping books the second week of May. And they're books that are already solicited, and some of them are already printed. Now, the printers have all been shut down. So we're not necessarily being able to print new books. There's 
also a lot of creators who aren't currently working. Um, you know, creators creators are in quarantine also. Obviously, you can write, you can draw at home, but some of the communications between them and editors and and other people are probably strained. So DC's thing is separate from Diamond to have new distributors. So we have two companies that were offered to retailers that both are brand new, have no relationships with retailers at all, and have basically been told, you have to go with these guys if you want this stuff. The news has come out that those two distributors are connected to Discount Comic Book Service and Midtown Comics, which are two online retailers. So what DC is asking retailers to do is to give their information to competing retailers in order to get the book early. Because Diamond has said that you can still get all of those titles through Diamond. You're just not going to get them the first two weeks of May. It might be later in May. It might be June. It depends if they can start getting books out in their timeline. This is all came down. Apparently, Diamond had no idea that DC was going to announce this. Because as retailers were asking Diamond for information as to what they plan to do, Diamond's response was, we don't know yet. We need time to be able to look this over because we're not, we didn't know this was going to happen. Um, it's, the problem with this is, especially in places like New York, Chicago, Florida, California, we're not going to be open in the middle of even if we have the restrictions lifted a certain way here in California, we're starting to get some of the plans from our governor and our mayor of how we might transition out of this as businesses to get businesses open to some sort of limitation. Governor Newsom mentioned if you're a restaurant, you're going to have to have every other table likely. Uh, you may be able to be open where people can come in and, sit for a little bit, but there's a time limit or whatever, you know, these types of things. The restrictions that we hear for a business, say like ours, is that we'd still only be able to allow maybe five customers in at a time. We're also been told that we have to have PPE, personal protection equipment, and we have to have a contactless thermometer to do head scans. The two problems with this is we can't get those items. We literally cannot get them. They are not available. Right. We can't get a you know a thermometer. You're talking you know there's a hundred comic book yeah. stores in California or whatever. There's no way there's a hundred thermometers that a small business that's already struggling is going to be able to afford. Uh, we can't find gloves, nor do we think we would need gloves versus say a hospital, or a, a, a police department, or a fire department, or an ambulance company. Like I don't want to buy, you know, uh, latex gloves to be able to hand to my customers to have myself versus the, you know, uh, the, 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 the hospital in, in Woodland Hills not have them or something like mm -hmm. that. So it's a difficult way to reopen because if we have that much product, it, we can't do it fast enough. Right. I literally can't mail it out fast enough. You know, we, the last new book was four weeks ago now on the 25th, and we're still trying to get through subscribers to get them their comics. So to be told that we're going to have comics every single week going forward, even if it's at a reduced number, it's still every week of 
having our subscribers calling us or us calling them or emailing. It's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of we're, we're not processing payments in the store. We're process, processing them at home. The, the way that it's working is my boss is taking care of communication and payment, and I'm uh, taking care of consolidation and shipping, you know, getting all the products together and making sure it's ready to ship. And even with that, I'm working four days a week. I mean, yeah. some days, Wednesday, I worked 13 hours trying to do all this because I had so many people that contacted us Monday and Tuesday in order to get everything together. It's impossible to do it. And then to switch the other part back to the DC thing is DC isn't giving us all the titles that were listed for February, for April 1st and April 8th. They're not sending Batman 92 because, as Jim Lee said on Batman on Batman last night, they wanted to make sure that all the retailers had an equal chance to try and sell Batman 92. So these new companies that are going to ship a very small amount of comics, and they haven't given us shipping terms. We don't know how, how much it costs. So to try and order, say, 10 comics, 10 titles, 10 titles that really we don't sell much outside of the subscribers. There's no Justice League. There's no Wonder Woman. There's no Flash. There's no Batman. There's no detective. It's stuff like the dreaming. Um, it's a new title that that is in that Sandman universe as well. The shipping costs are going to destroy any profit margin. Sure. So I've seen stores. Some stores have publicly stated they won't be doing this. They'll be staying with Diamond. Because as much as everybody rails at Diamond, Diamond did the right thing by suspending public or suspending distribution in order to give stores the chance to try and get back on some sort of equal footing and not be faced with the decision every week, am I going to pay a three, four, five thousand $5,000 diamond bill and I have no idea who I'm going to be able to sell it to? Because the other th spot that's going to hurt small businesses like us is we have no idea who's going to spend money on comics in three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. If we open on June 15th, we're talking about people being out of work for two and a half months. Are those people going to clamor to come back into a comic book store? They might. Right. Um, when uh, my boss, Sergeant Angelo Versi Comics, was on Batman on Batman last night. So some of his, pub you know, I'm going to paraphrase some of his public comments, is the idea that, and Kevin Smith had said this as well, if people are searching for comfort, they may come back. Mm -hmm. But there's also an economic factor to it. You know, are they going to really make the decision to walk into a comic book store and drop $40 on comics? when they haven't worked in two weeks or they're getting unemployment that's 60% of their normal paycheck. Right. And they're still wondering when are they going to to do, you know, what, what are they going to do with uh, rent? What are they going to do with the, the stuff that may have been suspended for a while when those come back in August or September? So Diamond very... did put out a statement late last night saying that they are targeting mid-May or late May to hopefully start redistributing. As of right now, they are targeting that, but there's more information that needs to come. Right. You know, part of the reason that they suspended in the first place was the information. Some of it was compiled by my boss saying, at the time, this is March 20th. You know, it was the weekend after the the 18th, so it's the the like 20th, 21st, and saying that 60% of all local comic book stores in North America are under a lockdown order at the time. Mm -hmm. Now it's closer to 80. Yeah. Even 85. I mean, almost nobody's open in a way that they can service customers normally. And the difference to try and put someone's stuff together or what they're pulling 
and get, let's say that person adds five titles that I now have to go grab and put in the bag. I have to send them the list. I have to send them the total. They have to pay it. Then I have to wrap it up. Then I have to put it in bubble wrap. Then I have to put it in some sort of box or binder. I have to then, uh, if they pay through PayPal, I can put their shipping address out. If they don't pay through PayPal, I have to go and get their address, mm-hmm. put it through the Postal Service, because we ship everything priority. Then seal it, pack it, put it in the priority envelope or whatever I need to do, then go to the, the, the office and drop it off. Yeah. That entire thing takes anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes per individual. When that individual coming into the store to buy their stuff may be there for less than 10 minutes. And it's just so you where before time, it would be a lot more. Yeah, and it, Not only is it just me, but mm-hmm. I'm also getting paid. Versus, So my, my time to send somebody $40 worth of books is almost a half hour. Right. Versus to sell someone $40 worth of books in the store takes me less than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. you know most of the time right and doesn't require as much interaction and the like so it's it's a very difficult situation and he like said dc just kind of came out of nowhere i got that jj glare going <laughs> on the video there for that. um really the sun's going down my house is dark uh <laughs> it, it's it's a very interesting situation we'll see how things change um if the majority of stores are rejecting DC's idea, good job, everybody. Blind yourself while you're doing it. If the majority of stores direct uh, reject DC's idea, it's not worth it. Right. And so maybe we won't see those books and we'll see DC come back. I know from some of the public Facebook pages of other stores in, in, in other states in this state, they are not going to participate in this because to ask us to give our information to discount comic book service which is a, a direct competitor because they offer you know it, it's a it's a nationwide uh they're an online shop. retailer yeah they're an online retailer midtown is the same thing Midtown has three stores two stores in new york mm-hmm. city but they have a huge online business as well so for us to give any sort of information to them or allow them access to our point of sale that's the other problem with this diamonds Diamond's order system is compatible with our point of sale and it's compatible with pretty much everybody's point of sale. That's why they buy those point of sale system software is that it's compatible with Diamond. As far as we know, no one, these two distribution companies, which were hidden from us, that they were offshoots of these two retailers. It was someone doing the, the research to find out that the, the human resources director or whatever or that the retail contact for one of the distribution service is the retail contact for Midtown, and the other one was the one for DCBS. So we had to figure it out on our own. Um, to offer them, they don't offer us as of right now. They don't have no. They have no compatibility with our POS system. Right. And frankly, we don't want it because we don't want them to be able to data mine anything. Because if you're DCBS and the, the most important thing in the world to them is email addresses, if they can send you direct. Uh, advertisements. Well, let me so, ask you a quick question. You know, there was already a problem. The, in the uh, in the article from Diamond, they did, and I'll let's see if you can clarify it a little bit. One of the lines that they have is um, the product that was originally scheduled for release on April 1st and April 8th will be distributed over a longer period, allowing publishers to work with printers to deliver new product without further interruption. Yes. So, so you're talking about that two-week period. Saying, we're talking, no, the, the point is is when we get back 
we still have to start up printers. As of right, right now, nobody's printing. So there is no new product. They're going to take the stuff from the first and the eighth and spread it out so that it bridges the gap between the current moment and whenever DC finally has Batman 93 ready, Detective you know 1023 ready, the books that are not published yet. Because that's part of the reason why they're saying we're, we're aiming for this, but we have no idea. Because if you're telling me, if, if DC's printers in Canada are saying, we're not going to open for another month, that means we won't have new product for another six weeks at least. Mm-hmm. So then the gap becomes even longer. But what does Marvel and the rest of the, the their other publishers say about this? They're not saying anything because it's another publisher, and they don't. They're not going to give away their their strategy or whatever. You know, you wonder with Marvel, and and obviously what they're doing is they're waiting for the first one to pull the trigger. Sure. And then they're going to look and see. So if I'm Marvel and I'm looking at this and saying, okay. Because Marvel has product that's already printed, too. Right. Part of the problem with this is also, we don't know where this product is. The idea is that Diamond has it, and they're holding on to it right now. And they are an exclusive distributor. They have exclusive deals. Exclusivity works both ways. So we're wondering, you know, does Diamond have a legal case against DC? But if I'm Marvel, I'm going to sit back and see, okay, let's, let, let's ballpark that there's 300 comic book stores in North America. So if 295 of them refuse to do this, if I'm Marvel, I'm never saying a word. Like, we're just waiting for Diamond. Yeah. If 295 of them say, yeah, we're doing this, Marvel immediately says, we're going to do the same thing. Damn the consequences. We're going to have a distribution company get the product to you. If the, the – from what I'm uh, – how do I want to say this? The tone that I seem to be seeing is that, in fact – most stores are not going to participate in this. Yeah. So we'll see if it's successful. It may not be worth it even for these two companies to be able to do it because the amount of money that they'd have to spend on, you're going to have to have people pack it. You're going to have to have people address it. You're going to mm-hmm. have to have people ship it. If it's not worth it to them, then they're not going to do it. Right. So if i got to hire extra workers to, 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 uh, to try and, and pack all this stuff. It's not worth it if most stores aren't going to take it. So Diamond's thing is Diamond kind of waited until the end because it was also the rumor that um, all the stuff was all the stuff with Diamond, all your orders for the first and the eighth were canceled. All your DC items were canceled because that's what DC said. All your Diamond orders are canceled. Of course, the end of the night, Diamond said, no, they're not. We don't know why they said that. Yeah. Um, we're going to offer for you guys to be able to change your numbers. Uh, they'll probably be re-FOC'd, uh, final order cutoff. Because you may not need as many or may not be able to afford as many as you had before. And as much as, you know, everybody hates Diamond or whatever, they don't want you in arrears. That doesn't, you know, they'd rather have the product that they could maybe sell to another company that's willing to take the extra than to have you default on your payment because we're going to hold you to what you ordered six weeks ago before the country went to hell. Yeah. And it, the problem that we also have with DC and a lot of you know a lot of retailers agree is DC making this news public leaves us in a very odd PR position where people are contacting us. Oh, you're getting new books? Uh, probably not, and we don't really want to tell you why because we don't want to tell you that DC really this is really an fu to retailers. Well, especially since you know, I mean. And let's not being let's in California, not you're not giving to... us the book that everybody wanted. Batman 92 is the one everybody wants. Right. The, 
61st versus 63rd first appearance of punchline. It's stuff that all these comic speculator idiots are, are after. But it's also in the middle of a storyline that people are, or the start of the storyline that people are interested in, which is the War Joker, um, or Joker War, Joker War, Joker War. Calling it. Joker War. Um, but they're not giving you that book, so they're even admitting to themselves, we're not ready to give. We know that the country's not ready to sell this book, as a country, as North America, as Canada and the United States. You're not ready to sell this book in the numbers that we want this book to sell in, so we're not going to ship that. But if you want the dreaming that has a print run that's a tenth of that, well, we'll give you that. And it gets people excited. New books are coming. New books. Are... No, they're not. But it's also they have no plan for international distribution. So you're going to have books that are out that international stores are not able to get. Yeah. Um, the possibility of them not being able to ship to Hawaii or Alaska outside of the continental North America. Well, the other curious thing is going to be the other curious thing is going to be when when the country and other countries start opening up on a you know, a limited basis, you know, when you start getting a few states right. open up, are are you going to those states going to be getting the distribution which is just going to, you know, kill the market, really? Well, the shipping is happening. When you when you look at this as much as anything else, and this is where this is my personal opinion. Let me put this out there. This is my personal opinion. This is me. I'm not representing anybody. I'm not representing my store. This is DC desperate to release digital. Oh, yeah, and I they, they can see that. They promised not to do digital until they've done the book. So now they can say, well, we released the book. We released them a lot earlier than Diamond is going to. But because we've made them available, it's up to the shops whether they want to get it or not. Mm -hmm. It's not up to us. It's not up to Diamond. We told we as DC as a publisher have said if you want the dreaming number seven, you can get it. So here it is digitally. And if it works, then you'll see Batman would be on the third week and it won't even go through Diamond. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. It's still again it, it's as with everything else, as people every time I call someone uh, about um, you know, picking up their books or whatever, it's always when are you guys reopening? We have no idea. But you, you don't have any idea when you're reopening? No. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, you know, you're getting 40 people dying in L.A. County each day. Yeah. So let's not worry about when a comic book store is going to open. You know, we just, we don't have any idea. So we'll see. You know, we'll get more information at some point. Yep. All right, guys. We're going to wrap things up on that. Uh, another two-hour show. I want you to record. I was going to say, I wonder why I'm hungry. <laughs> I wonder why the house is super dark, too. All right, so on behalf of Chris and Ethan, I'm already saying everybody be safe and just wait this thing out. And Don't call your comic shop and ask them when new comics are coming. Just call Chris or e email don't, Chris. Don't or call me. <laughs> or text don't Chris. email me either. Well, if you want to email me, I'm never going to see it. But if you want more information, go to Facebook.com slash Nerdables. We're also on Twitter at Nerdables Show and on Instagram as Nerdables. So for Chris and Ethan, I'm R.A. saying we will talk to you next week with our 300th episode and we our anniversary. We hold that until, like, people actually can be on the show. So we're just going to wait? Or maybe what we can do is we can do some topic stuff. Do some well, the, declassified. The topic stuff is better. Okay, this is the part where we have a production meeting on the air. 
when we do the topic stuff, I think that's better when we're together. Like, yes. I don't want to do that Avengers thing until we can all be in the same room. No, I don't want to do it until we're all in the same room, yes. And even one, like, I wanted to do, I wanted to do one of the comic ones, you know, the old four comics sort of thing, kind of our stories of how we came to comic books. I don't want to do that without Sebastian, like, doing a right. and kidnap him and put him in this fucking room. Be like, here, sit down, talk. We're going to talk about comics. <laughs> so, there are some ideas. So, Sebastian... You're listening. Chris is gonna kidnap you. Yeah, Sebastian's not listening to this. We're gonna no, put it. We're gonna then, then we'll put a we'll put a uh, hashtag or a hashtag. We'll put an asterisk by uh, the 300th episode. Yeah, we'll just keep calling him 299 until we get to it. <laughs> 299 and a fourth. 299 and a half. Yeah, we'll do. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll do uh, uh, the the villains month in DC where all the issues were points. We'll do point two. You know, exactly. It was, it was Batman. It was Batman forty point one, forty point two, forty point three. And then we run, when and we then, run like, out of Marvel, numbers. Then, no, no, that's the thing. When we when we're done, like Marvel, we'll do legacy numbering. Yeah. And so we'll go from three hundred to like three hundred and eight. Will be the next episode because we did seven point episodes. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good week. Stay safe. I will talk to you in one of our threads. Okay. Okay. Night, guys.